podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast, the first review podcast of the 2021 season and what a way to get this going. Sam Sage and Harry with me as Lewis Hamilton wins the first race of the season by just seven tenths ahead of Max Verstappen and if you were listening to our preview podcast, you might well have heard the, the words of our very own Harry E predicting that this Bahrain Grand Prix was going to be an absolute stinker. Um, Harry, thank you for your services of being completely and utterly wrong because we were we were treated to a cracker between uh, between Verstappen and Hamilton. You are there. all welcome. Never, ever, ever bet with what Harry says. It will be wrong every single time. And it was to our benefit this time. So unsurprisingly, the Verstappen and Hamilton uh, battle is going to be our lead topic. Max, of course, getting past at turn four, but voluntarily giving up the position due to him going off track. We'll be discussing that one. Our driver of the day, worst driver of the day, moment of the race, that's on its way as well. Sergio Perez had a bit of recovery work to do in order to get back up to P5 in his debut. We'll be discussing that one. Um, And also, who had the best debut for a team? There were quite a few contenders out there. So we will start with Max and Hamilton. Max Verstappen at the end suggesting that he should have not let Lewis Hamilton back pass, taken a five-second penalty given by the stewards in the hope that he would bridge that five-second gap by the end of the race. Sam, do you think that that was a viable strategy? Should he have gone ahead with that? I'm going to start off actually first by addressing the rule itself in that when you're making a legal overtake and you don't give it back, you only get a five-second time penalty. I think that is a ridiculous rule and that if you hold on to your position and you finish the race ahead of that person, they should be swapped back around regardless. Uh, I don't see why you should just get a little slap on the wrist for doing something illegal. Uh, just get away with it. Moving on from that. Oh, sorry, just got to bed that out. That was an absolute delta. I am so pumped. Um, he's got every right in terms of the rule set as they are to say, I kick up all get out. You may as well let me pull it out. But at the same time, that Red Bull looked dominant. It was a monster through that middle sector. He had pace all race long and realistically probably should have got that Red Bull in front of the Mercedes on track illegally where it's fair. And I think Hamilton called it out correctly. The skewers called it out correctly. It was actioned quickly and appropriately. And we got the fight that was fair, legal and on track. Um, it was pretty mental. And I feel like Max Verstappen probably could have got past him again. You know, oh, it's the tyres all over the place. It was ambitious to say, though, that you could pull out a five-second lead when the tyres were um, clearly dying off very quickly. And it showed once again that Hamilton was able just to cling on to tyres. He was able to make them work much like Sergio Perez, you know, king of the tyre, uh, making the tyres last. It's hard to predict the future. It's hard to you know, see the other scenarios that went there. Max did the right thing by letting Hamilton go back through and then challenging him again. Unfortunately, it didn't go Max's way, which is a shame. 
But um, I'd rather see that six, seven, ten battle right down to the wire than sit there watching Max slowly pull out a lead with nothing really happening other than just watching a clock. That isn't as exciting for me. So in terms of race viewership, I think it went the right way. I think it made it very exciting, very enjoyable. Loved watching that end. or the best ends to a race we've seen for a long time. Um, whereas I think if it had gone the other way, it might have been a bit of a snooze fest. We might have just gone, oh, it was only 4.7. So Max loses on a time thing, which, yeah, has excitement in its own right, but not the same way as an on-track battle can have, I don't think. Do you think that there was any merit in Verstappen keeping that lead, Harry, or do you think he did, he did the right thing and obeyed the stewards? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I... I um, no, I do agree with Sam. <laughs> um, I'm, not sure if, <laughs> I'm not sure if he could have pulled out that five-second gap. Um, I know it was a monster in that final in that middle sector, but um, yeah, it, it, that's quite ambitious because there, there weren't many laps to go. Um, I think what's quite telling here is how... Quick, I know they got a message from race control, supposedly, but it's how quickly Red Bull reacted and told him to give the position back. Um, because they've, with Max, they've definitely been stung with this in the past. So, um, And I think that's also then telling of where, where the trouble lies with this these track limit rules um, that we're having to do this. But yeah, I think it was the right decision to hand the place back. I'm sure Max felt he could have... Uh, could have pulled the gap out, but yeah, I think it would have been a tough ask. Um, yeah, it's just it's just frustrating when we get things decided by that. But you know, it was a fantastic race, so I, I can't complain. Um, can't complain about the result at all. I think the only thing that uh, I would point point out, uh, this is a, a point made by Brundle in the commentary, was he should have given it back in a different place. He should have given it back on the main straight, and then. Pop back in the DRS again straight after where he did it. He then had to go through a middle sector where, you know, turbulent air was tough and then he went wide and then ruined his tyres. So, yeah, but, you know, that's heat, that's heat of the moment decision. But, um, yeah, I think overall the right decision. Uh, I'm sure they'll be frustrated, but it's a tantalising prospect for the rest of the year, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. For me, that's the number one takeaway from this is that if we can get that repeated a few times over, no one will be complaining whatsoever. I think Max Verstappen had a decision to make in that moment and it was a very much a, a heat of the moment kind of thing. He had to make the decision. What was more realistic? Was it more realistic that he would pull out the five second gap or was it more realistic that he would get another opportunity to overtake Lewis Hamilton um, and and get it done so he had to make the decision which one was more likely and for me he made the right decision I think it was more likely that he was going to make that overtake again rather than pull out that five second gap he he was at that point in the race he was not lapping a ridiculous amount quicker than Lewis Hamilton and I don't think he would have had enough even with Lewis Hamilton's aging tyres um, you know i I, I, I get your point on where he should have done it. I, I think he would have been better served by doing it elsewhere. Um, however, you know, he it is a heat of the moment thing, so I'm not going to blame him too much for that. Um, we know that, that, you know, Lewis Hamilton himself has been at the centre of um, that type of controversy before. Um, if you cast your minds back to, um, I believe it was the Belgian Grand Prix, you might remember that Lewis Hamilton had a thing where... He um, he was forced to give a position back, didn't give it enough back before making the overtake again and was, and was consequently penalised for it post-race. Of course, Verstappen didn't want to fall into that same trap. So I can understand him being cautious with doing it, but 
you know, I, I I think part of this is on Verstappen. I think he should have absolutely had the pace to do it again. Um, and the the lap after he handed the place back, I think probably the two laps after, were very scruffy to the point where he lost the RS down the main straight one time, only just claimed it for that last lap. You know, if he's if he's within sort of six temps rather than 1.1 seconds, then, then suddenly, you know, the DRS does the work for you to an extent and he gets another opportunity into turn four, perhaps, or, or even turn one again. So I think Verstappen made the right call. There's also the fact that you have to bear in mind here of the stewards. We've complained a lot of the time that the stewards are inconsistent. They can be a bit um, all over the place with the penalties. You are essentially putting your race in the hands of the gods at that moment. You have to say it might be a five second penalty that they give you. It's the stewards. They might have given him a drive through. They might have. <laughs> they might have given him a seven race ban. It's the stewards. You, you can't predict what they're going to do. So I completely understand them taking matters into their own hands uh, and making Verstappen, you know, make that move rather than relying on the stewards somewhat. I mean, in terms of the overall race, because if we look back to, say, sort of lap 12, lap 13, Verstappen had a, I think it was about a one and a half second gap over Lewis Hamilton before Hamilton went in for his first pit stop. The guys then went on their own separate ways in terms of strategy and it's come back. And obviously the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton has won. Um, do you think that this is a massive missed opportunity for Sam? And, uh, for, sorry, do you think this, <laughs> I think yeah, that you really missed the trick there, Sam. You really missed the trick. <laughs> The whole winter season, I've been building up to this and I've missed out. Oh, I'm gutted. Do you, do you think it was a missed opportunity for Max, comma, Sam, question mark? Sentence structure is important, kids. Yeah. Um, yes, I think it's a massive missed opportunity, but I also think it shows credit and pays credit to the ability of Lewis Hamilton. If Max was driving, I think, against Bottas in that scenario, against Perez in that scenario, even against Leclerc in that scenario... I think Max wins this race. I think it really does show the ability of uh, Lewis Hamilton there and there. And I think it looked like it was all going Red Bull's way. And then I think the baby is called the cheeky pass one. I don't think anyone was expecting a proper three-stop to be in the question. The double hard tyre option to be apparent. No one has really been talking about how viable the hard tyre has been all weekend. And all of a sudden, Lewis Hamilton goes in. He knocks out a two-second a lap faster time than that just happened then pull out a six-and-a-half-second lead. He pays off for that first thing. Hamilton maintains those ties brilliantly the whole way through the rest of the, uh, the race and is able to eke out that performance right to the end. And I think Verstappen, realistically, it was all, it was all Red Bull of Verstappen's race to lose, and they did lose it. it. It fell apart for them right at the death there, which is a real shame because it would have been super cool to go into the second race of the season with someone other than Mercedes leading the championships. But... Hey-ho, I think that Red Bull are having a pretty stellar chance again, Muller. It suits them. Um, yeah, I think Red Bull threw this one away a little bit. I feel like they could have done that. It's like a little bit more of that, a little bit more on the ball, a little bit more on the edge, and they probably would have taken this one home. As we saw, seven temps separated them. All they had to do was one lap, probably slightly better, and it would have gone their way. What, what do you reckon, Harry? Do you think this was a missed opportunity for them? Yeah, I think they'll definitely uh, really not taking the win, but I think they... Even in their in Red Bull's minds, they knew it wasn't going to be easy. They weren't going to just run away from from Hamilton. Um, you know, they, if they could run away from Bottas, you know, potentially yes, but not not Lewis Hamilton, I'm afraid. Um, so I don't think they'll be they'll be disappointed. I don't think they'll be really disappointed to have lost it, especially considering the pace that they've got in that car. 
um, you know, I think they're going to like like as fans we are. I think they'll be very encouraged at how close that win was and how much you know it was not only one, but it was one in the most part by Lewis Hamilton, not necessarily by uh, by the fast Mercedes car. So I think Rebel will be encouraged by that. Um, yeah, the, you know, it's another, and this will get onto Perez, and I'm not blaming him necessarily, but it's a, it's the issue again where he was he was ganged up on by two Mercedes, and there's only one Max Verstappen, unfortunately. Um, and there's only the, one Max Verstappen. Sorry, exactly. it sounds like a classic football chant. Absolute lad. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they need they needed Perez there. Um, the, well, they just need another another Red Bull there, basically. But um, yeah, I think that'll that'll come this year. So uh, you know, it's a it's a missed opportunity. But I think you know the way things are shaping up, it it may not be a, a really costly one. You know, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest here, and you know, we we do record this pretty much straight after the Grand Prix, so maybe my opinion changes on this when I've had a bit more of a think about it. But I think Red Bull nailed it. I, I think they absolutely nailed it, which could be the most frustrating thing for them, uh, and it could also be the most concerning thing for them as well. I, I think they, in terms of a strategy, got it absolutely spot on. In that, you know, Lewis Hamilton came into the pits first of that leading three. I think it was about lap thirteen or so that he came into the pits. It would have been very easy for Red Bull to respond straight away to that, be goaded into that strategy that clearly they didn't think was was right. They they ended up, you know, not falling for that. So, you know, hurdle one complete in that respect. And they, they ended up going about sort of six laps or so more, uh, maybe not quite that many, actually four or five laps more, because they felt that that was the, that was the strategy for them. You know, if you look at the the stints for the for the teams, you know, Max Verstappen did seventeen laps on the medium tire. He then goes to another set of mediums, which he does a good job on again. Goes about twenty one laps or so on those, and then closes out with a hard stint of about seventeen eighteen laps. So he pretty much evenly split it across you know those stints. I I think they had a very clear idea of what the ideal strategy was, and they played to it perfectly. I don't think they were brought into the games that Mercedes were playing here. And you look at Mercedes, conversely, I actually think they, they didn't nail this. If you think that they, for Lewis Hamilton, did 13 laps on the first medium stint, that essentially leaves them with 43 laps to do and two sets of hard tyres to do it on. Now, if you're, if you're thinking about this rationally, you would say, OK, 43 laps to do two hard stints, 22 laps and then 21 laps, you'd say, or something like that. Mercedes had Lewis Hamilton do the first stint of 15 laps, and then the second stint was 28 laps. So they didn't split it very evenly between those two those two stints at all. And it forced Lewis Hamilton, of course, to pull it out the bag on that final hard run. So, you know, I, I think Red Bull actually strategically did a, did a fine job considering Perez wasn't in the picture. Um, and it still wasn't enough. Um, and I, I will say, I, I think part of it is Max Verstappen not getting the overtake done. I think a large part of it is Lewis Hamilton. That was one of his most impressive wins in recent times. I, I really think that was one of his better ones. So, um, and uh, you know, it's a long list of good wins that he's had as well. So, yeah, fair, <laughs> fair, fair play to him. I, I think they missed an opportunity, but Lewis Hamilton, twenty-eight lap old hard tires, he had to pull it out of the bag, and he did. It was a corker. I'm glad. I'm just glad we're back. Sorry, folks. I'm trying to calm down. I am so pumped that we are back for the new season. It's great. I mean, your your sentiment is shared. 
Thank across God. all three of us and perhaps a few million more as well. Um, just to focus on Valtteri Bottas for a moment, he got the fastest lap of the race, so he took home 16 points rather than 15. He finished third, of course, on the podium. Wasn't really a factor. Um, you know, he was a few seconds back from those leading two. The 10-second pit stop, of course, completely ruined any chance of him being a factor for the rest of the race. Um, but his strategy was largely the same as Lewis Hamilton, apart from that pit stop at the very end there to get the fastest lap. Sam, do you think it would have been worth Bottas going perhaps a little bit longer on that first stint than he did? Uh, Bottas wasn't in the picture from the moment the lights went green. Uh, he wasn't good enough for the, for the majority of the weekend, I don't think. Um, he was, what, three, four tenths away from Lewis Hamilton qualifying. And then come the start of the race, he gets jumped by Leclerc. He's being challenged by Norris. There is already difficulty there for him. And he has to ju- take those positions back. I think a boss has said, oh, maybe he wouldn't have had the guts to dive it down and get those positions done and dusting as quickly as he did. So that's good to see him really making the moves to get back into third. But after that, he was never in that com- conversation. He was a slight threat, but seven, eight seconds back from the race leader isn't enough for an undercut. Isn't enough to try something different on the strategy. He got, you know, obviously thrown under the bus a little bit with a difficult pit strategy there. Extra 10 seconds in the box is never what anyone needs. But that race was out the door for him. I don't think even if the pits had been exactly the same times as Lewis Hamilton's, he would have challenged. To, to me, it just cemented what had already happened for him. He was only ever going to be viable for a third place. He was not good enough today. There was no selfish attitude. And if he wants to keep that seat going into next season, I know it's only the first race of this season, but this was not the way to kickstart things. Bottas needs to do better than this. And uh, it wasn't good enough for me. I don't really care about the strategy. He wasn't good enough anyway. What, what do you reckon, Harry? Do you think it would have been worth Mercedes putting a bit of variety into their strategies? Maybe a one-stop or a more concerted three-stop for him? Um, I mean, from Mercedes' point of view, no. It doesn't didn't really matter because he came home in third. He was going to come home in third anyway with the pace he had. Um, I think... You know, Valtteri has already said, and Sam starts on this, Valtteri said again before the season, you know, he's going to be more demanding this year um, and, you know, question calls if they come in. When Hamilton came in and it was clear what he was doing, why, you know, why then when they called him Valtteri into Felix, you know, pretty much the same strategy, why then didn't he say, I mean, we didn't necessarily hear it, he might have questioned it, but normally that would be picked up. Why didn't he say, no, I don't. I want to do something different. Like maybe do something different than than, than what Lewis is doing. Because, um, yeah, I know the pit stop was long anyway, but he might. As, it, it was worth a punt from where he was. He was in no man's land. He was far behind the top two, and he was well in front of of Norris in fourth. So, why he didn't try and go for that? That's that's always you know kind of the issue with Valtteri. He's just a, a little bit too nice, too nice for for his own good. Um, yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah you're a nice from... person. Yeah, yeah. stuff is well, nice. You're nice body. Um... <laughs> no more nice bodies, please. Uh, yeah, I, it's just it's just a, a bit of a shame. But um, you know, he was in the early stages. He was he was for Mercedes. He was there. He did the job he needed to, being that two pronged attack on Verstappen. And then once he was kind of out of the picture, they just shoved him on the same strategy as, as Hamilton. And you know, it's an easy third place. So yeah. Um, yeah, he was never in the picture, but I do think he should have tried, from his point of view, tried to, you know, do something different because it wasn't going to do anything other than bring home a third place for him. Yeah, I mean, 
as as much as the attention towards Mercedes, you know, having a, a favorite driver or not, I I actually think they play things down the middle a lot of the time. And today they did again, and I don't think it was actually to their own benefit. I I don't think it would have made a difference regardless what strategy Valtteri Bottas was on, but they at least could have put a bit of variety in there for the sake of they had two drivers against one. You know, Max Verstappen is only one man, as as much as he tries to be more than (laughs) that. Uh, Yeah, um, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, So he can only commit to one strategy. Lewis Hamilton, by pitting early, had committed to his. I, I think it would have been worth them trying something different to beat Verstappen. Obviously, they did anyway by, you know, going with the same strategy and fair enough. But, you know, I, I think it would have been worth them trying something different, at least um, whether that was a one stop or a three stop. Technically, they did three stop, but it was only because of that late pit stop to, to fit on the soft tyres. Um I will say about the the pit stop, it's it's absolutely not an excuse for Valtteri Bottas, and I really hope that he doesn't lean on it because you know there isn't a good time to do a ten second pit stop. But if you are going to pick a time, they they pretty much pick the best possible time because he was finishing third regardless of whether that pit stop was ten seconds, fifteen seconds, or two seconds. So you know it didn't really make much of a difference. He wasn't going to be a factor anyway. So I, I hope he doesn't lean on it, and I hope he sort of takes this on the chin and, and realizes it was his own pace. I'd like to see them try something a bit different. Um, it's credit to Lewis Hamilton that you know they they won when they didn't actually try something different. So yeah, maybe Mercedes were in these two on one scenarios particularly because they know this year is going to be a bit closer than last year and the year before. Maybe it's worth them exploring a bit more. Driver of the day. Sam, who have you got? There is about 27 drivers that could be driver of the day today, which is amazing because there's only 20 drivers on the grid. <laughs> How many races have you been watching? <laughs> Honestly, the spread was brilliant. We got some great performances up and down the field. Uh, there were some ambitious great moves by Alonso. P.S. folks, Alonso is back. The cheeky little moves that he was chucking down the inside were great to see. Yeah, let's still do the two-time world champ dance, everyone. Get your arms behind your back, left to right. Um, you know, which was great to see. Uh, God Leclerc stuck it somehow in fourth for qualifying, and they had a very good race going throughout the whole race. Lando Norris, it's just, it was like the top three, and then Norris is F1.5 now, and then the rest of the grid is F1.8. And then you obviously have F2, which is the other sport, um, which is, it was what? amazing. It was absolutely brilliant. Perez from pit lane to fifth. The man loves going from last place to achieving great things. And I don't care where other junior Red Bull drivers have finished in that Red Bull seat, that second Red Bull seat. That man with confidence executing a brilliant race. And I'm really excited to see what he can do with a fully working car. Uh, Max was great. Not great enough to take the win. But Lewis Hamilton is driver of the day because that was... If you've got a seven-time world champion, if you've got someone that's won over 90 Grand Prix and you're sat there going, that was one of the best races we've seen that man do in a long time. Oh, then what What more do you need as a compliment? It was brilliantly done. He was the underdog today. They were not the favourite to do it. They only won because of his driving ability. And it was brilliant to watch from start to finish. Both him and Max, fantastic up and down that race. I absolutely loved it. I was making my seat so much of it. I was whooping and hollering for both of them the whole way through that last lap. It was brilliant. And thank you to them for our spectacle. Hamilton does take part of the day for me. Driver of the day for you, Harry. Um, I mean, I absolutely concur with all, all of Sam's points there. And I, I'm going to agree and going to go for, for Hamilton because, as we've already mentioned, it was it was him that, that won the race for, for Merck. Um, other, other mention is 
little Yuki Tsunoda uh, for absolutely, Yuki. absolutely planting one on Fernando Alonso from miles back. Like, yeah, not many people he, do that. He started that move in my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think the only, only other person who's done that is, uh, is to, his fellow countryman Takuma Sato. So, um, yeah, that was uh, a great, great little, uh, great little battle there. But yeah, I, I'm going to settle for Hamilton. But yeah, it was great because there are so many contenders for driver of the day. Um, yeah, for me, it's a coin flip between two drivers. Um, the driver that you've both given it to, Lewis Hamilton, of course, he did an exceptional job there. Um, but I am going to give it to someone else. I'm going to go for Lando Norris. Beating Daniel Ricciardo by 20 seconds is no mean feat whatsoever. That is seriously impressive. I don't care if it's Daniel Ricciardo's first race in the McLaren. That is a statement of a performance from Lando Norris. I was super impressed with what he was able to do out there. Um, you know, they, they were in somewhat of a tussle in the first uh, the first lap. Um, they, they were side by side for what seemed like about half the lap. And Lando Norris proved in that moment that he wasn't going to give away the position. He wasn't going to let him as the more experienced driver stroll past, he, you know, he, he stuck his elbows out and he proved that, you know, I've been the one here for the last few years. I, I've got a future in this sport. Lando Norris for me, exceptional performance to finish fourth. From good to bad, worst driver of the day, Sam. Um, well, we spoke about Valtteri Bottas. I'm not going to kick the start of the season with a Valtteri Bottas worst driver of the day. We've got 22 wow. other races We'll catch up, don't worry. Plenty of time for it, folks. Um, I'm going to have to give it to Sebi Bet. Sorry, Sebi Bet. You've literally just absolutely bum-punted Ocon <laughs> off the track at one point. I've said bum because there's another rude word that I could have said, and bum is completely appropriate. You have literally... And then you've moaned about it like it's Ocon's fault. Oh, he broke for the corner and changed the line. Plays Ocon's camera, driving in a straight line on the racing line. Vettel was nowhere in comparison to his teammate. And, okay, we do expect the new drivers to be slightly behind the guys that are used to the team with the car. Fair. That's like a tough start, but did not make the moves I expected him to make first off. It did get stuck in with some moves, but he was left out to draw on this awful strategy, which, you know, he, he's got the experience to call some shots and get in there, like Alonso was doing on his first race backing for millennia. And then Sebastian Vettel... <laughs> What did he, did he fall asleep? Was he playing a video game? What was he doing? Was he on the phone? He literally rear-ended Ocon into Imola for the next race. And it was awful. So I think Sarasky Vettel, worst driver of the day. Yeah, I mean, vicious, vicious swerve by Ocon on the, uh, the start-finish <laughs> straight there. Um, Harry, who have you got for worst driver of the day? Um, I'm going to give it to Nikita Mazaspin because... He did four uh, corners. A lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of chat about uh, Mazepin over the winter, and you know he has responded by saying, "I'll do my talking out on the track." And quite frankly, Nikita, all you've done is spin every session. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's got, uh, uh, got a bit. I think uh, Seb, Seb at least did some good moves earlier in the earlier in the race to not be. <laughs> they might be not be worst driver of the day, but um, yeah, Mazepin was. And that house is obviously tricky to drive because Schumacher also had a spin. But where um, was he going? Where was they off to? That was uh, hilarious to watch in the background. Yeah, Bahrain Alto, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but it must have been for me. Yeah, I mean, if if we're going with the theory that Nikita Mazepin is going to do his talking on the track, he literally said, blah, 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 blah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> 
that was not that was not a pretty drive. Um, mainly because it didn't last very long. Um, I I had two names down, and you've given them both, um, Mazepin and Vettel. Um, I will. I'll give it to Vettel just because it was Mazepin's first race in Formula One. Um, it was not a good debut. Um, I'm struggling to think the last time a debut went that poorly, but it was a debut nonetheless. Vettel, it was not his debut. It, it was for Aston Martin, but he's actually been in Formula One for a bit longer than this one race, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> he, he's been around for a while and he ultimately ruined his chances of points. Um, you know, I think he made a decent recovery. He tried something a bit different. Pretty much everyone else was tied to a two-stop. He tried a one-stop, uh, whether that was driver-led, whether that was team-led, I'm not sure. I think given his starting position, it was probably worth trying something. I don't think that Aston Martin has quite got the pace of like Perez, where he was able to recover from a bad position. I don't think on a, an ordinary strategy, Vettel would have done exactly the same thing. So I can understand why they tried something different. And, and ultimately, you know, he was making his way through the field and he made an error that that cost him massively. Um, And he ended up finishing in 15th place when, yeah, I I think, you know, he had a chance at least with the Alfa Romeos towards the end of the Grand Prix. If he doesn't collide with Ocon, has a chance possibly at P10. Who who knows if it happens or not, but he at least needs to give himself the opportunity by not crashing into someone. So, yeah, Vettel for me. Moment of the race, Sam. It's definitely got to be the... um... The moment that Mick Schumacher in the background doesn't go, I'm joking. Poor Mick. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. Sorry. Um, no, it's got to be the moment, of course, that Max Verstappen attempted to pass Lewis Hamilton going around the outside. Of course, track limits and that corner have been a huge cause for debate, probably over the last 12 months in terms of speaking about Bahrain. Um, it, it's a silly corner. Why do we have to go off? off one way, and then you see them pop back on on camera, and it's quite funny. And then all of a sudden, no, 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 we can't have that anymore. And then Max paid the price. And what clearly was a bit confusing for a lot of the drivers throughout the whole weekend. Um, and that deciding it, that was what changed the, the shape of the race. It seemed like it was a slam dunk for Max Verstappen. He was going to come down the start, finish straight, outbreak uh, Lewis Hamilton on dead tyres, and that was going to be it, race written. But that set us up for a brilliant last three or four laps of absolute hysteria, neck-to-neck racing. It was brilliant to watch. Um, and that is what this, I think that is going to be the, the metaphor for this season, I hope, of pushing it to the edge, wheel-to-wheel, can't wait for it, get your edge of the seat, shouting at the screen. And that's what I want every race, and they delivered it. It was brilliant, and I absolutely loved it. Moment of the race, Harry? Um, I mean, yeah, agree with Sam there. For the sake of variety, I will go for... Um, the Alonso signs Vettel battle that we had about mid race, which was Spy C. Um, yeah, I love that, and it was all fair, fair and clean, and it was you know um, a bit poetic. You had former Ferrari driver versus former Ferrari driver versus new Ferrari driver. So um, yeah, and it was a great battle. So I'll, I'll go for that one for me. But um, yeah, lot lots to choose from, I think. Yeah, um, I'm going to go for you know the moment in the race where I heard something in the kitchen. Went over, see what was going on. <laughs> Yuki, where have you gone? <laughs> what are you doing, mate? There was someone standing in my kitchen. Oh, you know, I know who that is. And he's like, hello, Ben. I'm like, Yuki. All right, mate. And, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I can see Alonso just in a few countries right, over there. I'm, right, I'm going I'm to go for it. <laughs> and he did. He absolutely sent it down the... What a move. What I, a statement. It says a lot that... When we, because obviously we didn't catch it live because we don't catch things live. Um, we saw it on the replay. I thought, okay, I'm not quite sure why we're, we're viewing this. I, 
I think they've got the wrong lap, possibly, or the wrong corner. They've got the wrong people. That's Yuki Tsunoda. Oh, oh, okay. No, he's going for this. That's impressive. Um, yeah, well done, Yuki. That was a good move. Let's move on to Sergio Perez. His debut in uh, the Red Bull, it went swimmingly. Didn't make Q3 and then pulled over to the side of the track on the formation lap. Fortunately for him, he was able to keep it going enough for him to start in the pit lane. Memories of Sakir, obviously, last year. Wasn't able to, to deliver the win this time around, but he did recover back to P5 behind Lando Norris in P4. So, Harry, do you think that, that Perez did enough on his debut? Yeah, I think I think he did, and I don't think we should even be questioning. I think he could have had a terrible race, and we you can't just say he's got to go already. So, um, but I think <laughs> I, I, yeah, come on, Dawn boss. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think yesterday was unfortunate. You know, it was a he had one lap time deleted. You know, which is his own fault. He shouldn't have gone wide, um, and then he didn't get to recover. I can't remember if he got caught out with the yellow. Was he? No, no, it can't have been. That was Q1. Anyway, um, yeah, look, it, was, it wasn't It was a great Saturday, um, but he he recovered well today. And it, it's, it, it was a drive that you'd exactly expect from from Sergio Perez. It was a coming through the field drive that he, he's done so many times in the past in a racing point. Um, so I, I didn't really expect anything less. You know, he... I think if he'd started, actually started in the position he was supposed to start in, he, he would have, you know, at least got fourth. Um, but considering where he where he was by the end of lap one, I think, yeah, I think fifth was a pretty solid result for him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, that there's any doubts about his, his skills in, in that car. And, you know, qualifying pace will only improve as the year goes on. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good drive, a good recovery from, from Checo, I think. Did Perez do enough for you on debut, Sam? Well, Saturday was difficult. But what I, there's one thing I want to take away on the Saturday performance is that we've seen it a lot with um, the second Red Bull seat over the last couple of years. That When they are struggling to make it into Q3, you'll often see them come back out on the soft tyre. Uh, they get sent back out on the different strategy to Max. And I was expecting the same thing with Perez. And out he rolls again on another set of mediums. And I had to commend... One, the confidence of Sergio is not getting himself down. He knows what he can do, which is great. And that Red Bull are confident in him in doing so. And I think that's really positive to see. And I think give it a couple of races and that will come to fruition. He will be there comfortably in those top four or five spots on a regular basis. Perez can qualify. He is a fast driver. We know that. We've got that confidence in him. And then when you're on your formation lap, your car literally goes and turns itself off. It's like someone pulled it out the wall. And he was like, right, hang on a minute. The steering wheel hasn't got any lights on it anymore. And he sat there doing control-alt-delete regime on his steering wheel down a main straight of a Bahrain racetrack, which is impressive enough as it is. Starts on the pit lane, which has got to be pretty frazzling. It's got to really throw you off, I imagine. You know, that's your race prep out the window. And he cuts through this, the field so well, like a knife through butter, executes a really good strategy, finds himself in fifth place behind Lando Norris, who was absolutely driving a dream today. It was brilliantly done by Lando. I don't think he would have got in front of Lando realistically, unless he had started himself in 11th, 10th place. Um, Perez did everything he needed to do, in my opinion, under really tricky circumstances. I think this is the right way to go. As long as he can continue to improve that, he can get himself in the mix, and we see kind of by the third or fourth race of the season, he is comfortable in that car and regularly in the top four. I'm very happy where Perez is going. This was a very positive start to how Perez should be doing in a Red Bull. And if you're questioning 
he should be getting fired after one race because, oh, it wasn't a podium. Then I don't want to hear your opinions in Formula One because we can say the same thing about Gasly and we can say the same thing about Albon. I mean, you've made you've made the point there that um, uh, Harry, that you know, if he if he starts in P eleven where he should have done, he makes P four. Arguably, he could have still started in the pit lane and not had that pit stop after two laps to go onto the same tire compound. If he didn't have that, he probably would have finished P four as well. So, I, I think you know, given the circumstance, he did a good job. I mean, to focus on qualifying for a second. Um, yeah, I agree with what you said, Sam, that, you know, it shows the confidence that they've got in him that he went back out on the mediums. I'm glad, even though it didn't come to fruition this time around, I'm glad they did go ahead with that. Um, you know, I think Perez is qualifying is arguably his weakest, um, you know, weakest thing about his driving. So it, it would be good to see him improve that as the year goes on, but it is race one. So not overly concerned, concerned by that at all. Um and ultimately, actually, he was only a few temps behind Verstappen on the run before, you know, his time got deleted. So I think that bodes pretty well for the season going ahead. In terms of the race, you know, yeah, he, he did a good job to get back up to P5. Um, I think his margin for error is arguably less than it would have been if he joined the team, say, last year. Ultimately, you know, Alex Albon being in that second seat and not delivering as, you know, they might have hoped didn't really cost the team at all last year because they... They would have finished second regardless, um, whether he performed well, poorly or something in between. This season, though, it does seem as if Red Bull have a legitimate chance to win the championship. Therefore, they need Perez to be firing on all cylinders much quicker than they would have needed Albon to. So, you know, he's going to need the results sooner rather than later. But having said that, you know, he's going to need a couple of races to to warm to the seat and get used to it. And yeah, the race itself, I think it's difficult to make any sort of comparison between Verstappen and Perez because for the most part, Verstappen had clear track and he was able to just do his own thing, whereas Perez was overtaking the car every two seconds. So, you know, <laughs> making a comparison there between the time difference just doesn't make much sense. What I will say, though, is I was t- I was keeping a close eye on the laps before Verstappen came into the pits. Um for the first time, that is. So Verstappen came into the pits, I think, on lap 17. Uh, and Perez had just done enough by about lap 13, lap 14 to be to have some clear track. Perez matched Verstappen across those four or five laps. There wasn't anything in between them at all. So that bodes pretty well that when the two had the opportunity of, of clean air, there wasn't actually a lot between them. Um, I think Perez is going to be fine for this year and he's done for me. He's shown more than enough for me on this first first race weekend. Extending it out a bit further to other drivers that made their debut for a team or indeed made their debut in a, in the sport, I, I haven't counted them up, but there, are, there were quite a lot out there. Sam, was there any that stood out for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, firstly, I'm going to talk about the returning champ, two-time world champ, Fernando Alonso. Yes, I'm doing the dance, folks. I know you can't see it. Um, that man, honestly, is weird. They showed a cut to him on the on the, um, the start finish straight when we were building up for the formation lap. He was sat in the car, visor up, and you had, it was, you know, it's Fernando Alonso. You can look at him and you're like, that. That is Fernando Alonso. And I felt, I felt like, wow, I don't know how much I missed seeing that. On the grid. It was great. It was so cool. And it was really good. The strategy wasn't brilliant, but he was right back in there with the action. He was comfortably quick enough. He was fighting wheel to wheel with people brilliantly. He was straight back in with it. And he can only improve. That's the scary thing. I feel like Fernando, by race six or seven, 
it's going to be a real threat to a lot of these cards if Alpine could be a competitive outfit. So I think really good stuff for Fernando Alonso. The person that impressed me the most alongside Sergio Perez was little Yuki Tsunoda. I have not seen that much confidence from a debut drive as I have since we've basically seen Lewis Hamilton step into the McLaren over a decade ago now. It was brilliant all weekend from him. No expectations. He was easily on par with Gasly. He outdrove Gasly in this race because Gasly was a muppet driving into the back of the McLaren <laughs> and ruining his own race on the first bloody lap. What a fool. Um, muppet. Muppet. I don't know where that Alpha Tauri really sits either. It's a very confusing pace car. It was kind of brilliantly quick one moment, really not quick another moment. He got points. He was chucking in the overtakes. He overtook the two-time world champ, Fernando Alonso. Like someone had decided to pop down their dinner and then run past it. Like, the dinner doesn't have legs or wheels. I do, so I can run past it easily. You have I know, wheels. right? Just can you see, mate? It's been a while since we've met up because of COVID, yeah. so uh, things have changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, he was great. He was absolutely brilliant, and I'm chuffed. I'm chuffed to see him really turn up that performance. I hope he can carry that through the season. In terms of bad, though, Semi Vet was worth driving the day. Really gutted with him. Hope he can turn that around. Science was a bit underwhelming. Put some good moves on. Wasn't the worst on there at all. Had a good race. But if Rassen to Leclerc, wasn't ideal. But it was good to see him be competitive. I think P8 he finished, which isn't too shabby. Uh, and Ricardo, um, I expected a little bit more from Ricardo. He was a bit off the pace of Norris, which is a bit of a shame. But again, I think he'll lead into it. Got very good points for the team. It's the first of 23 races. There's a lot of points to make up for. So overall, up and down the grid, there were some big differences between the teams. Any debuting drivers, Harry, that, that took your eye for, for better or worse? Um, yeah, I mean, already mentioned little, little Yuki. Um, he, he, yeah, he does drive with so much confidence already. Um, I think, and I know I am the head of the Fernando Alonso fan club, but that, <laughs> that Alpine did not deserve to be in the top 10 shootout, in my opinion. Um, and he absolutely rinsed Ocon this round. I know he retired in the end, but I think he... Ocon wasn't even close to the same pace. So, um, and I know Ocon got a bit of a punt uh, from Seb. So, uh, but yeah, Alonso just being Mr. Alonso uh, uh, as he always is. Um, and, you know, people before Q1 were saying he might not even make it out of the first session. So, uh, who else? I think Sainz was where I expected him to be. I think it was kind of solid. Um, and that that pace will come. Uh, I didn't think Ricardo's race was quite, like, weekend was quite as. It wasn't it wasn't a bad weekend. I mean, he out qualified Norris, um, and I think he was uh, hurt slightly by being the second car on track because he got me lost out at the start, um, and so through that first pit stop phase, he fell back. But you know, I, I think it was a, a solid debut. Um, who else? Who else is new? So many new drivers. Yeah, that's probably the ones that stand out the most. Um, I mean, the Haas drivers were, meh. yeah, Mazepin was in the wall. Schumacher had a spin. I was going off to Abu Dhabi, but um, yeah, I think I think I think they're the only ones. Yeah, I mean, for me, well, I'll echo what you said on Alonso. It's great to see him back in Formula One. It's where he belongs, and ultimately, I think that the race pace of that Alpine, at least around Bahrain, it remains to be seen whether that continues on to other rounds as well. The, the race pace, it didn't seem like it was up there with the other members of the midfield, and. Um, you know, hopefully for their sake it turns around, but it does seem as if that it might be uh, them against Alfa Romeo, even possibly. Um, of course, Ocon did lose out to both of the Alfa Romeos in that Grand Prix. Um, Sonoda, yeah, did a brilliant job. 
I think for rookie drivers, not that, not even just in their first race, but really in their first season, it's not necessarily all about the results. It's more about the the signs of, of being capable of the results. I think arguably that AlphaTauri, it, it, it was very quick. It, it looked pretty pretty pacey, and I think you know if if you were to say was that AlphaTauri capable of finishing P six, you know, regardless of driver, I think the answer is probably yes maybe even higher than that based on what Gasly was able to do in qualifying. So, you know, I don't think P9 without any context is is an incredible result, but it, it's what he was able to show. You know, Q2 didn't go as he wanted, but he's a rookie driver. Things like that are going to happen. It's inevitable. He had a good race nonetheless. Um, and Carlos Sainz, I was actually pretty impressed by Carlos Sainz. I think he did a good job. Um, you know, Q3, Leclerc turned into a god because that's what Leclerc does. Um, <laughs> but in the race, I mean, Carlos Sainz kept it fairly close. I, I'm not quite sure what it was at the end. I think it was about 10 seconds or so between the two drivers, which for a debut race for Ferrari against the like of, likes of Leclerc, I don't think that's a shoddy effort. So I think he did fine. And I don't know why Mazepin's getting all this hate for a bad race. I, I think he did a brilliant job. I mean, if... <laughs> If if you can point out one mistake he made from lap two through to lap 56, <laughs> I will say you're right, fair enough. I bet you can't find one mistake he made in the last 55 laps of that Grand Prix. That's a fair point. It's a fair, it's a fair <laughs> cop, Ben. <laughs> um, Not turning up. Yeah. R- room for improvement, I think, might be the um, <laughs> might be the phrase to use there. That's nice. That's polite, yeah. Diplomatic. Yeah, yeah well done. Well, I mean, I, I can't believe it, but we've got another another three weeks to wait for the Italian made in pizza San Marino Grand Prix or whatever it's being called. So, How to make sort of... Italians hate you? That's what the podcast is now called. Uh, yeah, can I? I, mean, uh, yeah. I know uh, this made me think of Crofty because he's going to really struggle with this. But did anyone notice when he said that Mazepin were was out of the race because of suspected crashing problems? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> great line! Great line from Crofty. <laughs> oh, when when Crofty eventually you know gets to a very 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 old age and sadly passes away, and we play Crofty's greatest bits, that might be in there. Just because we had that brilliant tribute to Murray, of course, at the start of this race, uh, Croftyisms they may dub them. You know, you know what, Sherlock Croft? I, th- I think you're onto something there. I, I, <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, We'll we'll leave you with that one then. A great first race there in Bahrain. Of course, Lewis Hamilton taking the victory ahead of Max Verstappen. And we can only hope um, that we'll get some more epic duels as we go throughout this 23 race season. But um, until our next podcast, we will, of course, be back. Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. Folks, what did you make of the first race? It's back! Are you, I mean, you can hear how excited I am. I sound ridiculous over this podcast most of the time. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, please go check out the digs on YouTube. Give them a like, give them a subscribe over there. We are back for the full season, so make sure you join us for the huge journey. Uh, I am absolutely pumped. I hope your pub is, because it's going to be rather ecstatic. Uh, in the meantime, I've been Sammy Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. I've been Harry Eats. And remember, keep breaking late. Boy! (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.